98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. An employers group urges the government to allow foreign domestic helpers more time to get tested for COVID. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says her administration has no timetable for making so-called fake news illegal. And Mrs Lam defends the decision to remove old RTHK content from YouTube. An employers group says it hopes the government will allow more time for foreign domestic helpers to get tested for COVID-19. Helpers usually have only one day off a week and were given nine days to take a test as the government tries to stop the spread of more infectious COVID strains in the community. Betty Young is the chairwoman of the Hong Kong Employers of Overseas Domestic Helpers Association. Now we have 370,000 foreign domestic helpers in Hong Kong. We do find that the dates for nine days for asking all this compulsory testing, the period is quite short. And we do hope that the government can give a longer period, maybe a few days. Eni Lestari, the founder of the Association of Indonesian Migrant Workers, questioned why the helper population was being singled out for testing. There should be this assumption that all of us are gathered all the time and we infect each other. It's really an assumption. If we respect when there is that kind of policy, when you target, for example, if that person is really living in one building, so the whole building really have to be testing. But this is a population who has nothing to do to each other. But it doesn't apply to other types. For example, there was one Indian guy who was actually infected also, but not the whole Indian population in Hong Kong being forced to go to mass testing and vaccination. Yesterday, Hong Kong recorded the third day in a row with no local cases, but called on people who visited CityGate outlets in Tung Chung on April the 11th to get tested and quarantined residents of a building in Chim Sai Choi where a suspected case was found. Government advisor David Hoy from the Ch- Chinese University suggested tests for people who'd also visited the mall in the days after the 11th. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says there's no timetable for introducing a law against so-called fake news. She said the government was looking at how other countries deal with what she called a worrying trend of spreading hatred and lies on social media. The fake news law needs a lot of research, especially how overseas governments are tackling this increasingly worrying trend of spreading inaccurate information, misinformation, hatred and lies on the social media. A bureau is looking into the overseas practices and doing research. We have uh, no timetable whatsoever about this subject, but we will continue to be very serious about this issue because of the damage it is doing to many people. Mrs Lam also says the government has listened to public views on whether helpers must get vaccinated if they want to renew their work visas. She says the Labour and Welfare Bureau is looking at whether the plan is justified and feasible. And Mrs Lam has denied that RTHK has been given a new role after the public broadcaster began removing archive content from YouTube. Critics accused RTHK of trying to rewrite history, but management said it was in line with its policy of deleting old content online. Speaking at her weekly news briefing, Mrs Lam reiterated that RTHK would continue to serve as a public broadcaster properly. Nobody has given RTHK a new role. RTHK has been performing the role of a public broadcaster and it should continue to perform that role properly as a public broadcaster, which is objective, fair and, of course, support the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region. That doesn't mean that RTHK could not have programs that also criticise the government, but it has to be done in an objective and fair manner without bias and prejudice. 
West Kowloon Magistracy has issued a warrant for the arrest of three defendants charged with protest-related offences after they failed to attend a hearing this morning. The trio were among 21 people accused of helping protesters flee the besieged Polytechnic University by giving them a lift after they'd abseiled down a footbridge. Chief Magistrate Victor So is considering a request from the prosecution to transfer the case to the district court and deny bail to all other defendants. Turning overseas, the British Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab has spoken of a shift towards like-minded countries working more closely together after meeting the US Secretary of State Antony Blinken. The officials were speaking in London ahead of today's meeting of G7 foreign ministers. Mr Blinken said the US had no closer ally in tackling climate change, the pandemic and in defending democratic values. We'll continue our robust cooperation to ad- address the atrocities in Xinjiang, uh, a crackdown on pro-democracy activists and politicians in Hong Kong, uh, which breaches China's international commitments. I also want to thank uh, the United Kingdom for joining us in holding Russia to account for its reckless and uh, aggressive actions. President Biden says his administration will allow 62,500 refugees into the United States this year. Last month, Mr Biden had announced he would keep an annual limit of 15,000 brought in under President Trump. Here's the BBC's Nicholas Rocha. During the presidential campaign, Mr Biden had promised to reverse President Trump's hardline measures on immigration. But last month, President Biden decided to backtrack after his government found it difficult to handle the surge in migrants at the Mexican border. His U-turn was condemned by many Democrats and refugee aid groups. Now, in a statement, Mr Biden says allowing 62,500 refugees into the country would erase what he described as a historically low cap which did not reflect American values. The Australian Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, says it's highly unlikely that Australians who skirted a travel ban to India would be jailed. A temporary travel ban between India and Australia began on Monday, with penalties of up to five years in prison and a hefty fine for anyone who tries to flout it. But it provoked a widespread backlash, with critics calling it immoral and some experts saying it may also be illegal. The World Health Organization has appealed for more help from rich countries to protect poorer ones against the coronavirus as the global vaccination gap widens. The head of the agency, Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus, said up to 45 billion US dollars was needed to fund its COVAX program, which provides doses to low-income countries. He also repeated a call for vaccine patent rules to be waived. The appeal was backed by the former British Prime Minister, Gordon Brown, who addressed a WHO news conference. This is a man-made catastrophe. One in two vaccinated in much of the West, less than one in a hundred in sub-Saharan Africa. By our failure to extend vaccination more rapidly to every country, we are choosing who lives and who dies. Colombia's government ombudsman says at least 17 people have been killed and more than 800 injured in days of protests against planned tax reforms. The proposals have now been withdrawn. The BBC's Will Leonardo reports. Colombia has seen almost a week of widespread protests against proposed tax reforms that critics said would have hit the poor the hardest. The police have repeatedly clashed with demonstrators, some of whom vandalised and looted shops and set vehicles on fire. A judge is investigating several allegations of police brutality, but security chiefs appeared unapologetic on Monday, blaming armed groups for the violence and defending the deployment of the military. A police officer was among the 17 deaths reported by the ombudsman. Some protests are continuing, with a focus now shifting to 
towards criticism of the Colombian security forces. On Monday, they demanded the demilitarization of the streets. Two television prank shows have been taken off air in Iraq after being heavily criticised for subjecting guests to fake kidnapping and shooting. Iraq's media regulator suspended them for breaching the country's broadcast regulations. BBC's Sebastian Usher reports. The two shows, Tony's Bullet and Razlan's Shooting, are part of a festival of television that's traditionally served up in the Arab world during Ramadan. Similar prank shows are popular across the region and regularly stir up controversy for taking their participants to the brink of nervous breakdown for the sake of a laugh. These two Iraqi shows have come in for particularly fierce condemnation as they draw local celebrities and others into moments of extreme stress with faked kidnappings by jihadists and sudden gunfights. The trial of Ghislaine Maxwell, who is accused of trafficking teenage girls for the financier Jeffrey Epstein, has been put back from July until autumn, after her defence team asked for more time to prepare. A judge in New York said the postponement was appropriate because new charges were added to the case last month. Ms Maxwell denies all the allegations against her and has pleaded not guilty. Mexico's president has apologised to the indigenous Maya people for what he described as the terrible abuses they'd suffered since the Spanish conquest 500 years ago. Andres Manuel López Obrador said their treatment had been shameful. This report from the BBC's Will Grant. It isn't entirely surprising that Andres Manuel López Obrador is the president to make this official apology to the Maya people. He first made his name as a vocal activist for indigenous rights in his home state of Tabasco. However, that makes it no less historic. We offer the most sincere apologies to the Maya people, he said, accompanied by the Guatemalan president in the state of Quintana Roo. The apology was for the terrible abuses committed in the conquest during three centuries of colonial domination and two centuries of an independent Mexico, the Mexican leader said. The couple who founded the world's largest charitable foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates, have announced their to divorce after 27 years of marriage. In a joint statement, the pair said they would continue to work together for their organisation. Here's the BBC's James Clayton. The announcement came on Twitter, a short tweet to declare the end of a 27-year marriage. We no longer believe we can grow together as a couple in the next phase of our lives, Mr Gates said. He asked for space and privacy for his family. Bill Gates is one of the richest people in the world. Last year, he stepped down from Microsoft's board and the couple spend much of their time on the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which launched in 2000. The financial details of the separation haven't yet been made clear. The German airline Lufthansa says it aims to fit its cargo fleet with a surface film that mimics shark skin to try to reduce its carbon emissions. It calculates that over the course of a year, the measure would save the equivalent of dozens of flights from Frankfurt to Shanghai. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,444. That's 85 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $48 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.25 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 20 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 77 cents. To sports now, the English Premier League is set to bring in a new owner's charter to stop future attempts to join a breakaway Super League. All owners will have to sign up to the new rule, committing them to the core principles of the league, with breaches punished by significant sanctions. It follows the Big Six agreeing to join the failed European Super League last month. The Premier League says it's determined to hold the clubs accountable for their actions. 
Meanwhile, the English Football Association says it's investigating the violent behaviour that occurred during Sunday's protest at Old Trafford, which led to Manchester United's game against Liverpool being postponed. The Manchester United Supporters Trust has written an open letter to the co-chairman, Joel Glazer, urging him to engage with the fans. Greg Dyke is a former director at Manchester United and a former chairman of the English FA. I tend to agree with the fans. I I sincerely hope they sell the club. Whether they will uh, remains to be seen. But, uh, you know, given what's gone on in the the last fortnight, I'm nothing you could ask the question of are they really fit and proper owners of Manchester United. But I think now is the time for the Premier League to have a proper football, to have a proper regulator, but particularly for the Premier League. On the pitch, West Ham maintained their pursuit of a top-four finish by coming from behind to beat Burnley 2-1 at Turf Moor. Mikhail Antonio scored both goals for the Hammers. They're now three points behind fourth-place Chelsea. West Ham boss David Moyes says he's enjoying being amongst the Premier League's bigger clubs. The players we've brought in have made a big difference. It's given us good energy. But I think we've also brought in players who've given us better quality. We need to do that again if we're going to keep competing. We're going to try to. But... I hope that we can keep going and hang around a bit like a bad smell maybe in these last four games and uh, see how it goes. West Brom manager Sam Allardyce says his team need a miracle to stay in the Premier League after a one-all draw with Wolves. Allardyce has never been relegated as a manager, but West Brom will go down unless they win all four of their remaining games and other sides completely collapse. I never expected us to get out of trouble with less than two or three games left because that's normally par for the course when you take over uh, in December and you're in the bottom three. Didn't expect us to get safe until maybe the last three or two games or maybe the last one, but to have to win four on the top makes it a difficult task now for us. Next to snooker, Mark Selby has claimed his fourth World Championship title after an 18-15 victory over Sean Murphy at a sold-out Crucible Theatre in Sheffield. Selby joins Stephen Hendry, Steve Davis, John Higgins and Ronnie O'Sullivan as the only men to have won the world title four times. Absolutely incredible, you know. Um, every time you get to a world final, you always try that. You try your hardest because it's such a tough tournament to get there. You never know whether it's going to be your last or not. So, as I said before, to win it once against O'Sullivan for the first time was a dream come true. But to, to win it four times is just only something I can dream of. That's my aim, to try and get back to number one. Uh, obviously, you still have goals in your career. One of them was to try and get back to number one. So I'm going in the right direction. And to end the news, the top stories once again. An employers group urges the government to allow foreign domestic helpers more time to get tested for COVID. Chief Executive Carrie Lamb says her administration has no timetable for making so-called fake news illegal. And Mrs Lamb defends the decision to remove old RTHK content from YouTube. The news from RTHK.
And welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday, the 4th of May, is today's date. And a big thank you to Phil Whelan for the morning brew. Since today is Tuesday, you know it. We've got Tuesday reporter Andrew Dembina joining us just after the 2 o'clock news. And he'll be uh, chatting about some global and local food news updates. But before all of that, we'll be hearing about an upcoming production called the Mahabharata. Now, it's a mega production produced and presented by the Teacup Productions to celebrate the 75th year of India's 